Please be seated. We're going to read from God's Word this morning from Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 8 down to verse 15, and we're going to be looking at the, the angels in the, in the story of Christmas. We've been thinking last Sunday and over the next few weeks about how there might be some things that in the Christmas story that people disagree with or struggle with or find kind of too far to believe. Uh, and how maybe they make, might make the Christmas story sound impossible. And um, we thought about prophecies last week, uh, and this morning we're looking at angels. And uh, over the next few weeks we'll look at a few other things as well. But actually, what we want to see through God's Word is that these things don't make the Christmas story impossible. They've actually made the Christmas story possible. About how the prophecies foretold so long ago, um, actually they, they, they foreshadowed and they pointed to, to Jesus' birth. And actually we're going to look at angels this morning. It's never a sermon I really thought I'd ever give in church. I don't know if you've ever sat under a, a sermon that's been speaking uh, about angels. Um, but it's not just um, in the Christmas story that we find angels. But we'll read uh, where, we, where we see um, them at one part of the Christmas story in Luke, uh, Luke 2. So let's read God's word together. And that will be on page 857 of the Pew Bibles or on the screens before you as well. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Amen. And may God bless to us the reading of his holy word this morning. First thing I want to say is that I believe in angels. I believe in angels not because I've knowingly seen one, but because the Bible says that they are real. The Bible is God's word, and I believe it. I've never knowingly seen an angel. Maybe you have, I don't know. But they're not really a topic that we hear 11 months in the year. They're a wee bit like the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree comes out in December at Christmas time, and so do the angels in church. We speak about them over these few weeks. We sing all the, most of the songs we've sung this morning. Hark the herald angels sing. The first Noel, the, the angels did say. We're going to sing in a, as we finish this morning. Angels from the realms of glory. You know, we sing about these, these songs at this time of year, but then 11 months of the year, do we ever really think or speak or, or hear about angels in the church. They're a wee bit like the Christmas decorations when it comes to church. We put the Christmas tree out and we take the angels out as well. Then Boxing Day comes and, you know, however long you leave your tree up for and the angels seem to go away with it. But they aren't just for Christmas. And actually what we'll see this morning is they're all over the pages of God's Word. And 
It's not just an added an extra that, that the gospel writers have given just to kind of, you know, give us something to decorate the top of our tree with. Now, that's not where the angels are here. What we'll read this morning, we'll see from God's word who they are and what they are and why they've, why they've come. What does the Bible tell us about angels? I don't know when you think about angels. I don't know what comes into your head. For me, it shows you a wee bit about me. It's that Robbie Williams song, I'm Loving Angels Instead. That, that's kind of where my head goes to when I think about, about angels. But what does the Bible tell us about angels? It tells us a lot, actually. It tells us a lot. The Bible actually tells us a great deal about angels. They're mentioned well over 300 times throughout the scriptures. And as to their number, how many is there? Is there one or two or three or four? Well, actually, the, the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews that there is an innumerable number of angels. The company of angels, we, we, we cannot count them. They are that many. David in the Psalms at one moment says that he numbers the, the angels in, in Psalm 68, at, at over 20,000 as such, the angels he's seen. Deuteronomy chapter 33 speaks of 10,000 angels coming down on Mount Sinai. And why did they come down? To confirm God's presence as the law is given by Yahweh to Moses. Over 10,000 angels descend on Mount Sinai. And John in, in Revelation, in his vision, he says that he sees 10,000 times 10,000 angels ministering to the Lamb of God in the throne room of the Lord. And here we have in the Christmas story, in the Nativity, we, we see a few different angels, but, but actually what we're seeing in the scripture is that there are thousands upon thousands of them. Revelation tells us that, that armies of angels will appear with Jesus on the day of judgment. As Jesus returns with him, hosts of angels will return with him. But what are they and, and what do they do? Well, first of all, they are created beings. They are part of God's creation. We see that in Genesis, that in the beginning, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. They're part of God's creation. Colossians 1 tells us that for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. Things visible and things invisible. And maybe if we're true... And I think part of this is to do with kind of the enlightenment period that we've gone through in the West, where we, we struggle to, to believe things that we can't see. That that is a Western problem. We've spoken a lot about spiritual warfare over the last few months as a church. And I told that story about how when we were speaking about spiritual warfare, it was okay as an academic exercise but then when we went into discussion, the room split into two groups. There was two men from Africa who had lived experience and they could speak about this in a, in a real and tangible way. Things they'd witnessed, things they'd seen, things they'd heard. And then there was 
99% of the room, white men between 30 and 70, who then tried to explain it. And that's something, and I've said that before, it's something that we do, you know, that, that unless we can, we can put it down and list it and, you know, try and argue it or write an essay about it, you know, that, that's a problem we have as the West. Now that doesn't, and you guys know my heart, I'm not just diminishing the, 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 the importance of preaching, you know, preaching, it's not just an academic exercise though. There's something spiritual, something that we're not seeing going on here. As a man or as someone stands and delivers God's word, there is something happening that we can't see. The Holy Spirit is active. So there are things visible and things invisible. So angels are part, and maybe we've, we've never seen them, and we'll get on to that in a moment, but that doesn't mean that they're not real. There are things visible and things invisible. Angels are not to be worshipped. They're not to be prayed to. And we should not confuse angels with the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit active in the Christmas story and we see angels active in the Christmas story. But they play two very different roles, two very different parts. Angels have... No physical bodies, but can take on physical forms when God appoints them special tasks. I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 13. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I wonder... Has an angel ever come here to visit, to see your hospitality as a church? I wonder if they did, what kind of welcome did they receive? It's a thought, isn't it? Those random people who pop up, they come for one Sunday, we never see them again. Maybe they're just visiting. Maybe they're angels though, I I don't know. But the writer of Hebrews says, Actually, this should encourage you to be hospitable to to visitors and strangers who gather with you. Because it might not just be a random person popping in to see how your Sunday service is going. What God's word tells us is it might actually be an angel coming in your midst. Angels minister to believers in different ways as well. Hebrews 1 tells us that. How how do angels minister to us as believers? At times, angels are sent by God to answer our prayers. Now, I say we don't pray to them, but sometimes they come as an answer to our prayers. An example of this would be in Acts 12 when Peter is in chains in prison. And the church, his fellow believers are away somewhere else and they're they're gathering to pray for his release in Acts 12. And then all of a sudden, what happens? An angel of the Lord appears in front of Peter. Peter's woken up and the chains fall off him and the doors open and off he goes. This is an obvious answer to the prayers of the church. That God sent an angel to release Peter from chains. 
At times, angels are sent to encourage as well. We see them minister and we see them encourage Jesus. We see them um, after Jesus' temptation, which we thought about a few weeks ago, that the angels draw near to him, to tend to him, to minister to him. We see them as well in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is on the road to the cross. We see Paul, the apostle, being encouraged by an angel during a storm in Acts 27. Angels provide protection for believers. In the cosmic battle that we're involved in, that spiritual battle, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Things that we do not see often. And Psalm 91 tells us that God will command his angels concerning you, to guard you, in all your ways. And what is important to remember though is that they're not to be worshipped though. They're part of God's creation. They're created beings. We read in God's word as well that that God has made man just a little lower than the angels. Angels are servants of God who seek to bring Glory to God. They worship Him. They adore Him. They gather around Him and they they serve Him. They worship before the throne as part of His creation, part of His sinless creation, His unfallen creation. We see as well, though, that there are fallen angels. The The Bible tells us about that where we see Lucifer, we see the devil being cast out of heaven and a whole host of fallen angels with him. And we would explain them, and many of us can will think of that movie when I say this, well, the fallen angels we would call demons. You know, think of that movie, Angels and, angels and Demons. Angels are, are God's sinless creation. We read in Revelation again that these words that then I looked, this is John, he says, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor, and glory, and praise. And what I love is that they had no need for redemption, though, the angels. But yet they're still amazed. What is man that you're mindful of? They still worship God. They're there to serve God. Paul in 1 Thessalonians says that the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. The the Bible tells us, like I said, that God has made man a little lower than the angels. The New Testament records the word um, angels more often than it records the word for sin. And the word agape, which is sacrificial love. And we see then the the quantitative manner that angels are spoken about in the scriptures. So why is it that we only speak about them in December? There's 
so active all over the pages of Scripture. And I know this has been a very much a whistle-stop tour of angels in Scripture, but, but I want to show you that actually this isn't just a Christmas story part. They're so involved in God's created world. They're so important for us as believers. We read of countless people in the Bible encountering angels like Daniel in the lion's den as the angels close the lion's mouth. Angels are sent to, to see Lot to warn him to leave Sodom before God brings judgment. Jacob sees angels ascending and descending in Genesis from heaven on a ladder. And then you've got countless stories of, of God's people in, who, who have lived not too long ago who've seen angels as well. Billy Graham's got a really good little book on angels too. Where he records loads of encounters that different people have in testimonies telling us about their experience of seeing angels. Most of us will know General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. And he records one time telling the time he saw a vision of angelic beings. And he tried describing it, saying that every angel was surrounded with an aura of rainbow light. So brilliant that where it nor withheld, no human could bear to look at it. They are God's messengers, angels, who come and they bring God's orders in this world. They serve him. And what we see in the Christmas story is this in a really important way. We know that we see an angel appear to Joseph in a dream. An angel appears to Mary. An angel appears to Zechariah as well to tell him about the birth of his son, John the Baptist. We see the angel Gabriel involved in the Christmas story. And Gabriel is often referred to as the angel who, who brings messages of God's mercy and hope. And he comes to Mary and he delivers this news that she was going to have a son. The word angel means messenger. They're messengers from God. And what we see from the presence of the angels, we see them both at the, the birth of Jesus, but we see them at the, the resurrection of Christ as well, don't we? They top and tail Christ's life here in this world. We see the importance of the one who is born, who, who dies and who rises again. We see his importance through their presence. Angels carry out and deliver God's message. And they come and they give divine and authoritative decisions from God. It's not their decisions, but they come as messengers and as mouthpieces from God. And we read in our passage this morning. In Luke 2, verses 8 to 15, we see that in an amazing way. This most glorious message that angels bring. Bringing a message to bring glory. We read that the shepherds are out in their fields. And as they're doing their job, an angel, just one angel in verse 9 appears. An angel singular. What does this angel say to the shepherds? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The angel appears and with the angel comes this glorious light. It's a wee bit like General William Booth shares 
If it wasn't withheld from us, we wouldn't be able to look at it. Such was its brightness and gloriousness. He, this angel appears from heaven to the shepherds in a field. The brightest of bright lights. And we read that the shepherds, they're filled with great terror. Why? Why? Why are they afraid? Was it because they were just going about their random job and bam, all of a sudden an angel appears and it startles them? Maybe. Was it because it was the first time that they'd seen an angel? Perhaps that might have been the reason they were afraid. Was it because of the bright light which now surrounded them? Maybe. But maybe it's because they knew that often when angels came in the Old Testament, that angels brought messages of judgment. Could be that as well. But this isn't a message to be scared about. This isn't an encounter to fear. What does the angel say? Fear not. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. And that good news is God's news. The one I serve. It's the greatest news you will ever hear. Jesus is born. And before the angel says that, he says, don't be afraid. This is the best news, the greatest news. A message like no angel has ever delivered before. I wonder if they were going, oh, pick me. Let me be the one that goes and shares it. Let me, send me, let me be the one and goes and brings this most amazing, most joyous news. We live in a day of big social media reveals the Facebook announcement for special moments. We all know what I'm speaking about. Gender reveals when you, you break a balloon and pink or blue comes out of it. You know, we're, all these things that are going, uh, getting bigger and, 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 and bigger and bigger and more and more expensive. If we just simply put some wellies on a beach to uh, show that Joel was going to be born. There was me and Becca and we had a little pair of wellies in the middle. And that was how we revealed that Becca was pregnant. But we live in a day where we love announcing and revealing big news, but this was like no announcement the world has ever seen or ever will see. This is the greatest baby announcement in the world and in the history of the world. When an angel, and then not just one angel, but with this angel appears the heavenly hosts in verse 13. This baby is born, and the shepherds are the first to hear it. And all of a sudden, the hosts, those thousands of angels we just spoke about, fill the sky. Glory to God in the highest, they say, praising God on earth. Let there be peace. A battalion of angels singing fills the sky. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't heaven declare this in the most spectacular of ways? This is the king of kings, the son of God who is born. And they praise God. I would love to have heard that praise song. Wouldn't you just love to have been one of the shepherds and hearing the most purest of melodies fill the skies? Like no choir this world has ever seen. But a choir we will one day join. Isn't that amazing to think? 
one day we will join that choir as we worship the Lamb who was slain and give him glory. What a song. And in their song, we see the dual purpose of Christ's birth. It would bring peace to the world. But ultimately, it would bring glory to God. And just as quick as they arrive, they leave again, returning to the heavens. Their job's complete. They've given their message. They've sung the most glorious of songs. And the shepherds have heard and they heed the message that has been delivered to them. Let us go, they say, verse 15. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And in some ways, just as we look to wrap up this morning, we can say here that we have a juxtaposition. This thing that stands in contrast with the angels and their message. We see these most powerful beings that God has created. We see the glory of heaven that they enjoy as the light fills the sky. And what we see from that is the glory of Christ. We see his authority. We see his power. We see his might. And it shows us a glimpse into where he has just come from. Where he's just left. The throne room of God. We see the splendor of what he'd always known. Then we see in the message the meekness and the humility of his birth. The place where he is laid. Swaddling clothes he's wrapped in and he's placed in a manger. From heaven to earth. From glory to humility. Let us go, they say. What else could they say? didn't ignore the message that they just heard. And friends, although to my eye there are no angels present declaring his birth to you this morning, maybe there is, I don't know, I pray and trust that they're here ministering and working, but I'm not seeing them. And although the singing we have heard isn't as pure and isn't as angelic, as the song the shepherds heard that morning, that evening, sorry. The message is the same. Christ has been born. The Savior of the world has come to bring peace to your heart and to give glory to his Father. What do we do with that message? It's up to you. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you are active, that you're working, 
Father, we, we pray that even this morning in, in our lives that you would give us eyes to see, Lord, things that are not normally seen by human eyes. We pray, Lord, that your angels would continue to minister and protect us in this place. Lord, we, we pray for a real spiritual awakening in this church. Maybe we're cold. Maybe we're lukewarm. Maybe we've never walked with your Holy Spirit. But I pray in this very moment that we would be filled afresh. And Lord, as you fill us with your Spirit, Lord, we know that the whole of heaven fights for us. We thank you that you command your angels concerning us. Make us alert, we pray, O oh Lord. And may we hear that message that Christ is born.